You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Talking Pets, Talking Pets with John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talking Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talking Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talking Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is animal expert... Barry Siebold. Here to answer your training questions, your behavior questions, and your medical questions about your pets. The show is produced by Miss Amanda Page. Hey there, Johnny boy. Hi, Mandy. Hey. We also have in the house Mr. Matt. When you call in, you'll speak with Matt at Business Talk Radio at 866-606-TALK. That's 866-606-8255. And Matt will put you on the air with us. But give us a call at 866-606-TALK. We have a special guest joining us. His name is Jay Hemdahl. We're going to be talking to him about his book, Animal Planets, Bugs as Pets. So if you've ever been wondering about having a cockroach as a pet, now would be the time to call. Plus, we're going to give away a couple of his books as well. But once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Siebel. And Amanda Page. 866-606-TALK. Once again, this is Talking Pets. J.F. Hemdell has been an avid aquarist and pet owner for more than 40 years. Jay is curator of invertebrates and fishes at the Toledo Zoo and developed his living terrestrial anthropod collection there, which now comprises more than 25 exhibits and well over 1,000 animals. We want to welcome on to the program the author of Bugs as Pets, Mr. Jay Hemdell. Hey, Jay, how you doing? Hi, John. Thanks for having me. It's nice to have you on the air with us. Am I saying the, the last name correctly? Yes, Hemdall. Hemdall. I want to introduce you to uh, Barry Siebold. Hello. Hi, Barry. And also we have uh, Amanda Pate. Hi there. Hi. Now, we've got um, an interesting conversation ahead of us. I never would have thought of having a bug as a pet. Why do you think you would want to have a bug as a pet? Well, you know, it started off, um, the idea came out where... You know, as uh, young boys will co- go out and collect insects and put them in a, in a pickle jar. Well, the, the topic came up, life in a pickle jar. And most of the animals in pickle jars don't live very long. And so my thought was, well, how could you take that a little step further and, and try to uh, figure out how to keep these animals alive for primarily youngsters to enjoy? Well, it's a cool idea. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I grew up, um, actually, ironically, the same place as Barry has, um, up in Pennsylvania, and the big thing for me was um, lightning bugs, mm-hmm. but they never survived. Well, no, that's that's one species that doesn't live well in captivity, and, and the recommendation there is if you, if you want to put one in a pickle jar, you do that for a day, and then let them go where you found them. How long do they live, by the way? 
Which ones? The lightning bugs? Lightning bugs. Well, that's a good question. I don't know exactly. Um, I know that the, the males will light up to attract females, um, but lifespan, I, I couldn't tell you exactly. Do the females not light up? Not sure. I think that's just the male because it is a um, uh, recognition pattern, so the females would be attracted to the males when they light up. So we're special. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I'm getting a spotlight. <laughs> Well, you need to point it from your butt, because apparently that's where the light comes from. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I don't think that would attract me very much. <laughs> no. How long did it take you to put this book together, Jay? Well, you know, I was going through my records the other day, and I looked back, and, and it started off as a uh, a topic for a magazine article back in uh, 2000. And it never, it, it, it actually went beyond a magazine article and became a book then, and I think when I actually sat down to work on it, it took about six months. You know, there's some great photography in here. I mean, right in the beginning of the book, you've got, I think that's actually, is that a grasshopper? All I see is face. Yes, yes, that would be one of the grasshoppers. We've got some down here in South Florida, actually, that are about the size of my palm. They drive cars. They do. <laughs> well, the next page over has a little baby grasshopper of the species that you're talking about it's called a lubber grasshopper oh yeah that's him and the babies are black and yellow and then they lose that coloration as they mature um but that that's one sitting on the end of my finger right there so it's only about a quarter inch long i just started losing hair as i matured ah. <laughs> what do you mean started shut up mm. So, you know, um, there's a bunch of different bugs in here that you can get into, and this is a fascinating book. I mean, there's a lot of great information, and it's kind of timely for this time of the year, of course, because uh, there's some eerie-looking things in here as well. But um, you've got actually, um, I'm, oh, I'm going to give it by a page here in your book, Bugs as Pets, uh, a quick guide to a bug's keeping difficulties. And I never would have, I mean, you list here in your book that the ants colony, ants as a colony, is impossible. Really? For, for, for home, in the home, yeah. And what happens is, is you've, you've seen the old, uh, the ant farms that were sold, or still are sold, actually. Yeah. They're sold without a queen. And the queen is the reproductive animal of the colony. And w without the reproductive female to produce more young when the last ant dies after 12 weeks or so that's that's it for the colony um so we have a colony of ants here at the toledo zoo called leaf cutter ants and it numbers in the millions of of ants in the colony but we have a queen that's always producing eggs for new ants so as the old ants die new ones are always being born and without that queen you can't keep ants for any period of time other than just a few days now what about i mean on, on that same chart, and this is a fascinating book. I highly recommend it for anybody because there's a lot of great stuff in here. But um, under the easy, meaning that easy to keep as a, as a bug pet, you mm -hmm. talk about the crickets. I just saw in the newspaper, actually, about male crickets. I don't know if you saw that, but they'll actually risk their lives to keep their mates safer. Wow, I'd have to I'd have to see that article because I have never heard that. Yeah, actually, if you look in Friday's USA Today paper, October seventh, uh, there's a big um, article on it. They actually um, in the headline they show a, a picture of a cricket. Um, basically, a female cricket survives a magpie attack that killed her mate. British researchers found mated males were 3.9 times more likely to be eaten than their unpaired ones. Well, that's amazing. Altruism in insects. I never would have thought it. 
It's a, it, it really is amazing. I, I don't think we give animals in general, you know, whatever, you know, bugs or animals themselves, you know, the credit that they deserve because, I mean, I know for a fact a good friend of mine is Jeffrey Mason. Um, he actually lives in New Zealand, and he wrote a book, When Elephants Weep, which is my all-time favorite book, and it just talks about the emotions of animals and the feelings that they go through. And I guess in the same premise with bugs, I mean, I know when I find a spider in my house and I go after it, mm-hmm. this thing obviously sees me. <laughs> I mean, it, it like runs. I mean, it the, the sometimes the fangs will go up or the legs will go up and then it'll, you know, same thing with ants. If, if you see a big ant outside and you go to chase it, it runs. I mean, it has that instinct that, hey, you're in my territory. I, ne- I need to run. Maybe a fear instinct. So isn't that kind of an emotion? I suppose. I, I guess... But expanding that over to uh, to save the uh, life of another member of your species in in the insect world is is amazing to me because um, you don't normally give them credit for that kind of uh, uh, rational thought. But that's interesting. I'll have to look that study up. Yeah, I mean, it's it really is an interesting article about you know the crickets and everything, and and considering the fact that everybody goes to the pet store to get crickets for their you know uh, turtles and their frogs and whatever else they feed them to. I saw right, it the other day. And a lot of the carnivorous uh, insects that you can keep as pets, like tarantulas, well, the tarantulas aren't insects, they're arthropods, but uh, you feed those crickets as well. Jay, don't go away. We're going to take a little break. We're speaking with Jay Hemdahl, and um, I want to ask you, you also in that chart talk about a challenging insect to keep, and it's called an assassin bug, and I have no idea what that is, but I'd like to find out when we come back. So we're going to find out exactly what the assassin bug is. Maybe we need to send them over, you know, to the Middle Eastern countries, but... (laughs) 866-606-TALK 866-606-8255 Once again, I'm John Patch I'm Barry Siebel And Amanda Page 866-606-8255 You've got a question for Jay about bugs Pick up the phone and give us a call And you may get a copy of his book From Animal Planet, Bugs as Pets 866-606-8255 This is Talkin' Pets Talking Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. The Boo Boo Loon Pet Recovery Collar is an innovative inflatable product that comfortably restricts pets from harming most surgical wounds, skin disorders, and obsessive licking or scratching. It's the humane alternative to the hard plastic cone and other devices. The Boo Boo Loon is easy to use and designed to be soft, fully adjustable, and pillow-like, allowing for unrestricted vision and complete freedom of movement. Sizes range from extra small to extra large. So join the Boo-Boo-Lution. Become a Boo-Boo Buddy on Facebook or check out boobooloon.com. B-O-O-B-O-O-L-O-O-N.com. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code LUCKY10, L-U-C-K-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. 
In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Siebold. And Amanda Page. And that's Scotty McCreary from American Idol. And he was the winner last year. And that's his new CD. I think it's called Mandy Claire is Day. Is that what it is? It is. It Claire is. is Day. And that's I Love You This Big. This Big. Can you see me? This, this Big. <laughs> 866-606-TALK. 866-606-8255. We're speaking, of course, with Jay Hemdall. And we're talking about his book, Animal Planet, Bug... Bugs as Pets, and that's put out by uh, TFH Publications, by the way, and you can uh, visit their website. Where else can you find this book? Uh, TFH.com is their website, I believe. What? Where else can you find the book, Jay? Is it available also in bookstores and online? All right, we lost Jay. I think Matt's still singing there or something. <laughs> but when we get Jay back, we'll find out where he can get the book. I would imagine it must be available online. Uh, is it available online, Jay? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. And also in uh, bookstores? I've seen it in some bookstores. Um, as you can imagine, it's it's not a bestseller. Um, it's not to everyone's taste. But for the, those that are interested in it, they can find copies usually. Definitely a cool book. But it's uh, TFH is the uh, publisher, like I said, and TFH.com. But if you'd like to get a copy of the book, you can call right now. What we'll do is to the uh, number, the first call actually to come in, what we'll do is send out a book to you, Bugs as Pets by Jay Hemdall. And uh, that's going to come out to you from Animal Planet, of course. So the first call to come in at 866-606-TALK, 866-606-8255. The book is yours, Bugs as Pets. By the way, um, assassin bugs I had asked you about, what exactly is that? Well, you know, I, I wanted to clarify something real quick here. Um, the title of the book is Bugs as Pets. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in scientific terms, a bug is a specific type of insect. Okay, and we're just calling them sort of the generic bugs, including spiders and things like that. But actually, an assassin bug is a true bug. Um, it's a group of, you know, it's a part of the group of insects, the larger group, which includes things like grasshoppers that, that aren't true bugs. So the assassin bug is a true bug that um, has a pretty nasty bite. Um, in South America, some of the assassin bugs can actually transmit a disease to humans through a blood parasite, and that's a very serious problem in some countries. Um, and there was a case that I was not able to confirm, but people that work in zoos have heard about it many times, of a zoo worker that was bitten by an assassin bug and in his office, and some co-workers were walking by and saw him laying on the floor. Um, when the medical emergency technicians arrived, he was clinically dead. They were able to revive him. But so they can have a pretty pretty powerful bite. So you have to be careful when handling them. You know, it's interesting too. Here in the book, when you talk about the difficulty of keeping bugs, you also list like hermit crabs, tarantulas, scorpions. Are they considered bugs? Well, see, that's where we used a little bit of poetic license, if you will. Okay. You know, bugs in the term of everything creepy crawly. Um, yeah. But because 
the, the alternative, to be more scientifically correct, would be to say terrestrial arthropods as pets. And because the audience was primarily younger people, we didn't think that was uh, quite getting the point across. So Bugs as Pets works better for the, for the typical person that would be interested in the book. But actually, all those animals you just listed are considered terrestrial arthropods. Well, brace yourself for this one. we got a call coming for you out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and Horace. Hey, Horace, you got a question for Jay Hemdel? Yeah, I sure do. Take it away, Horace. It's all yours. Okay. Hello? Yep. Yes. How do you get rid of bugs? <laughs> How do you get rid of them? Yeah. Well, does I'll it depend you. on what kind of bug you're referring to? Any kind of bug. That's what. Mm-hmm. What? Well, I get a lot of uh, phone calls about controlling pests. When when a bug is in a place where you don't want it to be, it's a pest. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you what, you to be a pest control agent, you have to be licensed. Um, yeah. And I'm not licensed, so I definitely can't give you advice other than to, to con- contact a licensed pest control person specific, you know, pest problems. Yeah, I would actually say go to your nearest grocery store, Horace, and there's a, can- a red can that has R-A-I-D on it. Is that how it's spelled? That's correct. Raid. <laughs> try that. <laughs> so try that, Horace, but if you want to keep it as a pet, you know, you might want to actually try it. But um, we're gonna- Horace, we'll send you out a copy of the book, by the way, Bugs as Pets. So if you want to Harbor one, if you want to harbor one of those in a, an aquarium or something like that, this will give you the advice. This way, you don't got to get rid of them; you can enjoy them. Hey, I got to ask you a myth question, Jay. I'm looking on page 14 of your book, and there's a ladybug on there. Is that a myth? When they say a ladybug lands on you, it's actually good luck. Well, sure. I mean, that's not. There's no uh, scientific evidence to support that. But that brings up the name game again. Um, ladybugs aren't true bugs; they're beetles. So the proper term, if you were a, a scientist wanting to be extra accurate, would be lady beetle. Lady beetle. Yeah. So you don't, you actually don't. Is that like Lady Gaga? <laughs> <laughs> now, do beetles bite? Well, I've been bit by uh, the Asian lady beetle. Um, they're the one that, that came to this country and has become pretty common in some areas. And they don't bite hard, um, but you you can feel it, yeah. Yeah. Well, don't go away. We'll be right back. We're going to take a little break. We're going to continue on with Jay Hemdel. We're talking about his book, Bugs as Pets. You've got a question? Give us a call, 866-606-TALK. We did send out a book to Horace in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, so enjoy your your bugs there, Horace, and give our best uh, to uh, WGNS and Bart Walker. But once again, this is Talking Pets. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Lucky, L-U-C-K-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com.
Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Hi, everybody. I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. <laughs> the giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio, and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery, or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. <laughs> Good boy. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. With this hour's Talking Pets news from the USA Today, here's your host, John Patch. Out of Slickville, Pennsylvania, a five-foot alligator was spotted in Beaver Run Reservoir. Security workers at the Municipal Authority of Westmoreland County spotted it about a month ago. Now, manager Chris Kerr said workers aren't actively searching for the alligator because the cold-blooded animal likely won't survive as temperatures drop. Kind of wonder, though, how did it get there in the first place? Did somebody flush it? It was a pet. Apparently. <laughs> Bigger than a bug. Right. In Alaska, the Alaska Sea Life Center in Seward is interviewing Alaska residents to compile an oral history of beluga whales in Cook Inlet. The intent is to gather knowledge of people who have lived and worked in the area for the last 100 years. Findings will be part of an exhibit opening in January. In Bracken, Texas, the drought is changing the behavior of the stars of one of the state's natural summer marvels. A depleting insect population has forced millions of bats to emerge before nightfall for food runs, making them susceptible to natural predators. In Basalt, Colorado, inspectors at Rudai Reservoir say inspections have turned up no signs of mussels that have infested other state reservoirs. Rudai Water and Power Authority inspectors were looking for zebra mussels, which can clog water treatment plants and damage ecosystems. They are not native to the USA. Out of Puerto Rico, United States Territory, wildlife officials plan to relocate a male manatee who escaped from a rehabilitation area during a hurricane last year. Can you see that manatee just running? <laughs> it just ran by. Um, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service <laughs> spokesman uh, said, or actually spokeswoman, Beth Serrano, said biologists are tracking the mammal along the island's north coast. <laughs> <laughs> in Sandpoint, Idaho, Kokani salmon in Lake Pend are rebounding. Easing worries, spring flooding lowered the population. The salmon is showing the highest spawning numbers since 2004, with estimates of 382,000 in Lake Pend tributaries. Do you like salmon? No. No, me neither. It's too fishy. It's supposed to be healthy, though. I don't like seafood, period. Oh, I do. Although I'm allergic to clams and oysters and stuff. But I can eat crab, lobster, fish. Blech. I know. The other stuff, mm-mm. 866-606-TALK, 866-606-8255. We're speaking with Jim or uh, Jay Hemdel, and we're talking about his book, Bugs as Pets, from Animal Planet. If you got a question, pick up the phone and give us a call, 866-606-TALK. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Siebel. And Amanda Page. Don't forget, check us out live on the webcam at TalkinPets.com. No G in the talking. There ain't 
I don't know when that music started. I felt quite alone. <laughs> was that her intro, Lady Gaga? Yes. You know, I watched her the other night, finally. I had a tape for eons of her and Justin Timberlake on Saturday Night Live. She was actually funny. Really? Yeah. She's a bizarre person. She is bizarre, but she actually was funny, and she was doing a really good job. She actually seemed normal. Normal? Really? Uh-huh. I think well, she's as been getting she be. a, a, a lot of flack. People in the media are saying, you know, they're a little over her bizarreness. And if she doesn't reel it in, that she's going to lose a large yeah, I audience. Think, I think you're right. I think it can only last so long, and then you do get tired of it, you know? I mean, Madonna was the same way. When she came out, she had all that kind of weirdness in the beginning, and then she started taming it back as she got older, and it got a little bit, you know, her new, stale. Her new song, though. A little strange. Sounds country to me. This one? No. Her new one. You haven't heard her new one? No, I haven't heard ah, I'll have to play that for you. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. As long as it's clean. It's clean. Is she? 866-606-TALK. No. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Siebel. And Amanda Page. <laughs> I think Eight, I want to know, John. 866-606-8255. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. We want to talk to you. Um, Jay, we got a question for you. Um, coming from Becky. I'm not quite sure where Becky's at. Becky, where are you from? My producer didn't mark it on there. You're in Arkansas? Hi Becky. Hi. Hi. How Hi. are you? I'm fine. You got a. You have. Do you have a praying mantis as a pet? I have had, or my son has oh, had okay. a praying mantis as a pet, and kept it for a while. He really enjoyed it, but then we turned it loose again. And I was just wondering, you know, can they be pets? What do you think, Jay? Praying mantis? Can you keep it? Actually, Sam, Samantha, uh, Bobby, our executive producer, his daughter is here with us, Samantha Page, and she's got a praying mantis right now as a pet. What do you think about that, Jay? How long do they usually last, and can you keep them as a pet? Yeah, I think that they make great pets. There's uh, the local species that are found in the United States. Actually, there's three species, two of which aren't actually native to the United States. The Chinese and the European mantis got here, you know, accidentally, and now they're living everywhere. Um, and, no, they, they make pretty good pets. I I think that you need to make sure that you give them the proper care. They have to be fed live insects, typically. They have to be misted so that they can get some water to drink. And, you know, if you get tired of keeping them, you should let them go where you found them. Is that true? Isn't it the female, after they're mating, that the female, after she's done with him, she eats his head off? That doesn't always happen, um, but, yes, it's been documented. Nice. Hmm. One minus for the for the male generation. <laughs> Becky, I say something, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Becky, we're gonna. Oh, I know where you're going. Becky, uh, we're gonna send you out a copy of the book. And by the way, on page 56 of the book, uh, Bugs as Pets, you'll see a, a whole bunch of information here on the praying mantis. So that will help you great. out as well. Okay, great. Thank Stay you. on the line, Becky. We'll get your information. We'll ship that book out to you. Okay. That's Becky out there in Arkansas, and that's the praying mantis. Um. Yeah, it's actually there's some interesting stuff here in, in, in the page 56 about the praying mantis and some pretty cool pictures. They're very strange-looking creatures. I think their eyes are the, the, the most bizarre, the way they can they look at you. They can turn their heads, and it almost looks like they can focus on you. They're why very alert. Why haven't they made a horror film like on the praying mantis? Attack of the Killer Praying <laughs> Mantis. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like they've made it on every other kind of creature, like spiders and stuff like that. And you mm-hmm. know, I've even seen one on cockroaches, but... I don't think I've seen one on a praying mantis. Speaking of cockroaches, I actually hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Living here in Florida, um, we see them all the time. But why would somebody want to keep them as a pet? Are they clean? It depends on the species. Most of the 
problems with cockroaches is that they live in drains and in, you know, they infest dirty areas. So, no, those are not clean. But if you keep them in a regular cage and uh, clean the cage regularly, they're not going to be any dirtier than any other pet. Um, The species of cockroach that are kept as pets, though, are not the ones that you'd find infesting your home, which are, they call call them palmetto bugs is one type. Um, The other one is the German cockroach. Those, uh, the American cockroach, those really aren't suitable for pets. They're too fast. Um, They get loose on you if you open up the top of their cage. The ones that make the best pet would be the Madagascar hissing cockroach. Right. They're bigger, right? They're a lot bigger. Yeah, they, males might be three inches long. Can I ask and, you why they're called hissing cockroaches? Do they actually hiss at you? Right. When you pick them up, if they're frightened, they have these little, called spiracles, along the side of their body, and they deflate their abdomen, and it makes a hissing sound. And it's a defensive mechanism. It's, it, it's in, the intent is like if you were a bird trying to pick them up and eat them. When they hiss like that, they're hoping that you're going to be frightened and, and let them go. Is it true that they, they always said that, you know, if there was like a nuclear disaster, <laughs> the only thing that would live are cockroaches? And share. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that story gets told over and over again, but we really don't know, do we? But, yeah, the, the ability of a cockroach to build up immunity to uh, uh, bug sprays, for instance, is known. And so, yeah, we think that, and, and they're really good at hiding, so they'll be able to get away. Um, and they've also been around for millions of years. So I think putting all that together means that they're they're definitely survivors. I don't think I've ever seen something called a Cuban g- green cockroach, but they exist. Right, they're bright green. Um, they're small. Um, they're, they can fly, though, and, and so they're a little harder to handle. You open up their cage to feed them, and if you're not careful, they're all over the room. I just don't... I, don't, I can't comprehend having yeah. them. I never had them as... I never had bugs. I used to have spiders out in the bushes out front, and we used to catch ants and throw the ants in the spider web, so we'd watch the yeah, we spiders, to you know, but... That's like the first step to being a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of kids do that, though. It's like, oh, you got to go speed, feed the spiders. Look, I'm going to capture and release. It just so happens to be in a spider's web. Right. In a web, yeah. But, you know, taking that a step further, you know, you, you, you put the animal in a, in a container that you can observe it more closely. You still have to feed it. And so maybe that's really what this is, is, is just an extension of the, the child in us that wants to feed the ant to the spider web. Um, you know, maybe it just it progresses from there. Yeah, I gotta ask you. I, I think monarch butterflies are like one of the most beautiful creatures out there, and you know they start they start as an egg. And can you tell us the little transition about how they you know go from a caterpillar to a butterfly? Sure. The um, the female monarch butterfly will lay her eggs on the milkweed plant, and when the eggs hatch, they hatch out into little tiny caterpillars, little larvae, and they're green and striped, and they um, eat the milkweed. That's their food. Um, milkweed is poisonous to a lot of other animals, but the monarch can eat them. Um, and they pretty much just stay on that one plant, eating and, and growing larger. And they get to a certain size, and they stop moving. They hang from the underside of a milkweed leaf and start to form a chrysalis or a cocoon. And they stay at that stage for, ooh, don't quote me on this, about two weeks. I think it's somewhat temperature-dependent. And... Uh, it's a green chrysalis or cocoon, and, and after a few weeks, it'll turn clear, and you can look in there, and all of a sudden, instead of seeing the caterpillar, you can see the wings of a monarch butterfly, and within a day, it emerges, the wings uh, fill with fluid and uh, dry, and then it flies away. That's just absolutely amazing. I used to raise them. 
Really, yeah, and really? the chrysalis was absolutely beautiful. It has like gold. It almost looks gold gilded, tiny dots around the bottom. Yep. Uh, mind you, the caterpillars get grotesque right before they go into that. They're quite <laughs> large. And um, the butterflies, when their wings dry, you can actually put your finger out and they will step onto your finger and you can just let them fly away. And uh, it's an amazing experience. I uh, did that quite a while when I was young. I was in middle school. They I are think. gorgeous. I mean, butterflies in general, I mean, they're just beautiful creatures. Did you go out and find them? I had a milkweed plant, so what I did is I would cut off a stick where you could see that uh, there was larvae or small little caterpillars, and uh, I would put it in a pot, so it looked like it was, you know, a plant in a pot, and then I would put it on a um, pie plate with water, because uh, they're not the smartest creatures. What they would do is they would <laughs> eat themselves off it so that it would fall, and that way you could scoop them up and put them back onto the uh, branch. And uh, I had amazing success. It was a really a wonderful experience. Jay, how long do they live after they become a butterfly? Well, that's a really good question. I, uh, you hear conflicting stories. Um, some butterflies only live a matter of days to a few weeks. However, the monarch butterfly is known to undergo tremendous migrations. Um, I was in Mexico up in the mountains, and there's these... Uh, fir trees where the temperature is just right it's not too warm not too cold and the monarch butterflies from north america migrate all the way to central mexico and they hibernate there for the winter and then in the spring when it warms up they fly back to north america so we know that that at least some of these monarchs live for over a year that's amazing with you know with the huge migrations of them and stuff i know a lot of people when they're getting married now like with butterflies you can actually purchase butterfly larvae and then it, it in the time of your wedding, it hatches, and then you can release them instead of throwing rice or anything like that. Right. Interesting I, concept. Yeah, Jay, don't have, go away. We've got to take a little break. We'll come back. We'll continue on with Jay Hemdel. We're talking about uh, Bugs as Pets from Animal Planet. It's put, it's put up by the publisher of TFH Publications. Uh, you can check them out at tfh.com. Uh, you can find the book online, and you can find it in bookstores. But we still have one more left. If anybody has a question or a comment, give us a call at 866-606-TALK. Talk and Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition, I guarantee it. Petco, with healthy pets go. Enter the code LUCKY10, L-U-C-K-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. The Boo Boo Loon Pet Recovery Collar is an innovative inflatable product that comfortably restricts pets from harming most surgical wounds, skin disorders, and obsessive licking or scratching. It's the humane alternative to the hard plastic cone and other devices. The Boo Boo Loon is easy to use and designed to be soft, fully adjustable, and pillow-like, allowing for unrestricted vision and complete freedom of movement. Sizes range from extra small to extra large. So join the Boo Boo Lucian. Become a Boo Boo Buddy on Facebook or check out BooBooLoon.com. B-O-O-B-O-O-L-O-O-N.com. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart. 
every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Governor vetoes pet microchip bill in California. With a Talking Pets News Brief, I'm Amanda Page. Democratic Governor Jerry Brown has vetoed a bill that would have required cats and dogs released from California animal shelters to be implanted with microchips for identification. In his veto message, Brown said that under current law, local agencies and shelters can and should require animals to be implanted with microchips before being released and there is no need for state law to mandate the procedure. Supporters say the bill would have reduced the $300 million a year taxpayer cost for euthanization of stray animals and greatly increased the chances of reuniting lost pets with their owners. Opponents say the microchip may cause medical problems and that the issues should be decided locally. Reporting for Talking Pets, I'm Amanda Page. And you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Seawold. And Amanda Page. I think actually in the terms of that story, I think it's important to microchip your pets. And I don't see why you would ban the fact of not wanting to have your pets microchipped. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree with they should be. I don't know why lawmakers would do that. But then again, I don't know why they do half the stuff they do. So. Oh, that's true. Well, I think the whole point that he was making is that that's uh, something that shouldn't be decided by the state itself. Um, and there are a lot decided. of things that the states do mandate and probably shouldn't. I don't know why he decided this particular item would require that, but uh, it's kind of surprising as he's a Democrat. 866-606-TALK. What are you saying? Well, Democrats <laughs> usually <laughs> want to mandate more than less. It's not a, a negative thing. It just is how it works often. Well, we're speaking with uh, Jay Hemdall. We're talking about the book Bugs as Pets. We have one more book to give away, so we'll make it to the next call that comes in. You don't even have to come online. Compliments of Jay. We're going to send you the book. It's called Bugs as Pet, Animal Planet, put out by TFH Publications. Call right now to Matt, our producer, at 866-606-TALK, 866-606-8255. And the book is yours. You know, earlier in the hour, Jay, I had mentioned that, you know, I like of all bugs, I just don't like spiders. And they just freak me out. I don't know what it is about them. Maybe it's because they have so many legs or whatever. I mean, on one aspect, they're fascinating creatures. Mm-hmm. But on the other aspect, they're just a little spooky to me. Right. Well, I'll let you in know, on a little secret. I myself have uh, arachnophobia. A fear of spiders. I have to control it. I'm looking in your book here at some of the photography in it. Like I said, is great, and it's just it's it's turning my stomach. To be honest. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, I turned over to page one, uh, page 94, and there is a spider. It, I got bit by this spider actually, the brown recluse, and that bit me in my arm. And I never went to the doctor. My doctor was so upset with me because my arm blew up about the size of a softball, and it started. It looked like a volcano. There was stuff oozing out of it. I was able to actually stick my finger through my arm. Nice. Because it ate away 
all the fat Ew. and all the skin around my in that area. Those things are nasty. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a good reason to be afraid of, of certain species of spiders, but for the most part, you know, they're harmless. And you just have to get over that initial revulsion. Um, as a teenager, one of my jobs was to clean the tarantula cups at a uh, wholesale pet supply company. I had to open up 500 tarantula cups and, and put new food and water in them. Oh, and, wow. you know, being afraid of, of spiders, that was not an easy job to do. Um, but you get used to it. You overcome it. The brown recluse uh, don't live as far north as Toledo, where I live. Um, so they're probably more of a problem in southern states, I imagine. Yeah, we have them down here in Florida. Yep, we do. Yeah, I was actually moving some patio bricks, and apparently one was underneath the brick, and when I picked up the bricks, it bit my arm, and it was nasty. I tell you, these pictures are certainly up close. <laughs> yeah, and they are very frightening. You know, I want to I want to thank you for joining us here on on um, on the air, Jay, because I mean, this to me was just fascinating, just finding out about these bugs and stuff. And there's some great information it's on this book, book, Bugs as Pets. Oh, thanks. So, congratulations on this. Do you see yourself doing any more books on them? I think, um, you know, actually, I'm a marine biologist by trade, and so I I've, I've been concentrating more on writing books about fish lately. Um, and uh, but it was fun to do this book. It was real interesting, and I really appreciative that TFH Publications took the the, the chance on a, on a book like this, knowing that there's kids out there that want to try to keep bugs as pets. And that's interesting that you brought that up, too, because this is a great book for kids. So, I mean, if they, you know, especially at school and stuff, if they want to discuss them and talk, talk about them, it is a great book to do that. Oh, so, actually, we've got a bunch of teachers that listen to the program, so hopefully one of them will call in and they'll get a copy of the book for school. So, um, 866-606-TALK. Jay, thanks so much for joining us. When your fish books come out, give us yeah, a call. Yeah, we'd love to see those, too. Okay. Yes, I love fishies. Sure thing. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Thanks, Jay. Bye-bye. That's Jay Hemdall. He's the author of Bugs as Pets, Animal Planet by TFH Publications. Again, you can check him out in uh, bookstores. You can check him out online. And Hugh is getting a copy of the book from Oregon. So congratulations, Hugh. As long as we have your address and all, we'll ship this book, Bugs as Pets, right out to you. Um, 866-606-TALK is always our number, but this is a fascinating thing. I didn't know you were a big fish lover, though, Barry. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't like to eat them, but you like to keep them? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Do you I'm have a, them now? Um, I don't right now. I did, um, I had a saltwater tank. They're hard um, to keep. A reef tank, actually, and I had to, uh, what, the construction in my house and all that stuff, I kind of, when the last one died, I... I didn't know you were into fish, actually. Oh, yeah. Next time you're on, we're going to have to do a fish I've book. I've had, uh... I've had aquariums my whole life, and you should get a micro aquarium. I have a micro one. I do. One I have the office. nano, the uh, That's the nano, what I have. the cube for what size? it's a twelve. Oh, yours is bigger than mine. Yeah, I have eight gallon on my desk, and I love it. I got six, I think, on on mine. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh my! I guess it's not for Johnny Boy. I mean, I love fish. I love. I mean, you could actually sit there for hours and stare at them. But the thing yep. is, they are hard to keep. I used to have. Um, I used to raise African cichlids. <gasps> and by the way, one of them ate my shrimp. I had a big shrimp in there. He was in there for quite some time. Uh huh. He's gone. Oh yeah. Didn't Sometimes last. Sometimes they that long. get hungry. You it, just have to get ones that they all get along. You have twelve tanks. Wow. Well, spay and neuter your pets, help control that pet population, and don't forget, pick up Bugs' as Pets by Jay Hemdall. This is Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Sewell. And Amanda Page. You say goodbye for this hour. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again very soon. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.